and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hello, I'm Pat Malone, and I'd like to welcome you to The Church in the Home, where we share the light of God's Word from our home to yours. I know the truth of God's Word, and I believe what I heard, yeah, yeah. I believe what I heard. I believe what I heard, so I'm standing on the Word of God. In 1973, I was driving from the college that I attended, Kent State University, to my home in Cleveland, which is about a 50-minute about a ride. And it was about this time of year. And Cleveland, that area gets, it's similar to, to upstate New York, where we get snow, but not necessarily every day. And, and at that particular day, it was not snowing. It had snowed recently. There was snow around, and it was very cold, very, very cold. But most of that trip, the roads were clear. Um, so I was going, you know, at a good pace, and most of the roads were 55 miles an hour, and so I was driving 55 miles an hour. They weren't highways, but they were out in the country kind of roads. And <clears throat> I turned onto a particular road, and although everything had been clear up to that point, shortly after I turned onto that road, I hit nothing but snow and ice, and I hit a patch of ice, and the car immediately went into a, turn, a spin. And I'm a pretty good winter driver, and I you know, quickly reacted, and I turned the wheel into the spin, and it kept it from, it stopped it spinning in circles, but it was going sideways down the road and would not come out of that. So I was traveling now at a speed of 55 miles an hour, you know, starting, took my foot off the gas, but, you know, still going very fast, and I'm going sideways down the road on the wrong side of the road. And there is a car coming right at me going the same speed. And it was one of those situations where all I had time to do was say, Father, help me, and with that, my tires hit a patch of dry ground, shot to the other side of the road where it immediately again went into a spin and off the road, but I was safe. And, you know, I look at that and I think, I could have been killed. I could have been killed if it were not for God's watchful eye and the fact that I did not panic, but instead turned to God and prayed. I picked that one because it's one of the most memorable to me. There's probably about four different times that I can think of where I could have been killed while driving. Another very similar situation happened here when I got to New York. And there's so many times where I've been in situations where it was an emergency but the thing that saved me in that emergency was the fact that I did not freak out, but instead I prayed. And that's what I want to share with you this evening. In case of emergency, pray. You know, you see that like in hotel rooms, you know, in case of emergency, and they 
you want to pull the alarm or you want to grab that axe or do something. Well, in case of emergency, pray. I was thinking about what incident to choose because I could give you incident after incident where God has saved me. Either saved my life or made all the difference in the situation um, that was some kind of an emergency. The times that I've fallen off of ladders, the times that I've fallen off of mountains, the times that I, you know, I could go on and on, but you'd think, what kind of an idiot is this? And, <laughs> But I'll tell you, you know, I, I certainly would not be here this evening if it wasn't for God being gracious and merciful and willing to save my sorry butt time and again in spite of my own stupidity. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. Sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes those situations are very sudden, like the situation when I was driving down the street. And other times when I've prayed and God's, and it's been an emergency, it, it hasn't been quite that sudden and yet no less dire, no less of an emergency. But whatever the case may be, we want to always remember that in every situation to not get afraid, to not get panicky, to not become a afraid, but instead to pray. In Philippians chapter 4, in verse 6, it says, be careful for nothing. And that word careful, um, you, that's a word that's changed over time. It means be anxious or not filled with anxiety, not worry, not be stressed out. And sometimes that can be just for the little things, you know, and sometimes it's for the big things. There's been situations where the emergency was that I just lost a job. You know, I, here it was, Friday, one day, the first you heard about it was Friday, and as they passed out the pink slips, and all of a sudden, everybody found out that the place was closing. They knew it for weeks, but didn't tell anybody until an hour or two before it was time to finish the day's work. And I was out of a job. I had um, a, what, three-year-old? Three or four, three-year-old daughter and one on the way, and that you know didn't have any money in the bank. But I didn't panic. I didn't worry. Mm. I did what this verse says. It says, "Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God." Whether it's a small thing, whether it's a big thing, whether it's losing a job, whether it's some other need, whether it's sickness or some kind of you know, life-threatening situation, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry. Don't freak out. To play on another thing that you see frequently now, you know, keep calm and pray. Be anxious for nothing. Instead, by prayer and supplication. Supplication means specific requests. Let your requests be made known unto God. We're to go to God. We're to go to God and tell Him what we need. And we do it, it says, with thanksgiving. We do it with thanksgiving because not only are we thankful that God is so gracious to us, 
But we do it with thanksgiving because we're confident that God will answer our prayers. We go to God and thank Him. We thank Him, not, not because we know that this is going to happen. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be concerned. And then verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. When we do that, when we do that, when we go to God with thanksgiving and prayer, then the peace of God will keep. And that word keep means to guard, to guard your heart. Guard your heart. And that's so important because believing comes out of the heart. Whether you get an answer to that prayer or not is going to be whether or not you believe. And when you do believe, then God will answer those prayers. And so we can let the peace reign. We can let that peace rule. There's so many situations in life that come up where prayer is the answer. And sometimes you'll hear people say, well, all we can do is pray. And you know what? That's great because many times that's all that we need to do. All that we need to do is prayer. All we need to do is pray. You know, when people say, well, all we can do is pray, they, and sometimes that's said like, well, nothing left but a prayer. And for some people, prayer is this kind of last resort. It's after they've exhausted every other possibility after they've done everything and they really don't think there's anything that can be done, and then they say, well, we can just pray. <laughs> but prayer should never be the last in a series of things. It should always be the first. If there is other action that we're to take, then yes, we take other action. You know, when I lost the job, I, I didn't just sit at home and pray. I prayed, and then I went out looking for another job, and I lost the one on Friday. I started the next one on Monday. <laughs> and I got a call, you know, immediately that same day from someplace I'd put in a resume when I put in the resume for the one I just lost. But that's when they called because God answered that prayer. And I worked for that place for about a year and a half, and you know what they did? They laid me off. They promoted me on Monday to a managerial position, and on Friday they laid me off. Not just me, again, the place went out of business. Um, that's when I got out of that line of work. <laughs> so, yeah, we gotta, I'm going to pray for starting my own business now because I'm tired of this nonsense. And God answered that prayer. And again, you know, the situation was not one where you like, plan on it, and you save up the money, and this is a good time. No, again, I just had, now my third child had recently been born, and there I was. But it doesn't matter, because God answers our prayer. Look at Psalm 86. When I think about, in case of an emergency, pray, I think about a man who was faced with more emergencies than, than I ever have been and much greater ones than I ever had to face, and that's King David. And David, boy, he, he had lots of emergencies come up on the level of people trying to kill him. But David constantly went to God and thanked him for his protection. 
In Psalm 86, it says, a prayer of David, Bow down thine ear, O Lord, hear me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am holy. O thou my God, save thy servant that trusteth in thee. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee how often? Daily. Daily. Daily Daily he cried unto God. Not just, you know, doing some ritualistic prayer. Daily he cried unto God because daily there was some emergency. There was some situation. Every day he was running for his life during this period. And there was always something going on. Verse 4. Rejoice the soul of thy servant, for unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer, and attend to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee, for thou wilt what? Answer me. In the day of his trouble. And in the day of our trouble, that's what we want to do. We want to go to God. We want to make those requests known to him. We want to tell God and just pour out our heart to God. That's what David did, and that's, and that's what you see the heart of prayer is. It's, it's talking to your father and letting him know what you need. It's not some, you know, great ritualistic, and it doesn't have to be some great formal thing. You know, oh, gracious, almighty, heavenly. If you want to do that, that's great, you know, and and that's if you understand that, okay, I'm recognizing all these wonderful qualities about God, sure, that's wonderful. But sometimes all you got time for is, Father, help me. And God hears our prayer, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't grade those. Okay, well. Why, that was a pretty good one. You know, that sounded nice. And, you know, not too long, not too short. Yeah, okay. So I'll answer that one. But, you know, Dylan, eh, you got to work on that a little bit here. No. God is just so kind, so gracious to us. Look at Psalm 6. Here again, David just pouring out his heart to God in prayer. Verse 6. I am weary with my groaning. (laughs) All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. Boy, there's a couple of figures of speech, huh? That he was just overwhelmed, you know? That he was crying, that he was weeping, and, you know, said it was so great that, you know, he made his bed to swim. His couch was, was watered with his tears. Mine eye, verse 7, is consumed because of grief. It waxeth old because of thy, mine enemies. You know, sometimes we are overcome by emotion. And just because some situations are so dire and so troubling and so disturbing that we react with emotion to them does not mean that we're not going to God in prayer believing. You know, David, here he was overcome. And prayer was the way that he worked through that. And you see that with so many of the psalms, so many of the psalms of David. You'll read a psalm where it sounds like, oh my goodness, I can't believe you're saying this, David. 
You know, it sounds like you're doubting God. But then you keep reading, and you see that he's working through those emotions. He's working through that doubt. He's working through that fear. You know, there's a verse that says, be not afraid of sudden fear. <laughs> you know, sometimes you're in a situation and something happens, and it's so startling, you, you're, you just react with that physiological reaction of sudden fear. It's not how you first react emotionally, it's what you do at that point. Do you go to God in prayer? Do you work through it with prayer? Do you talk to God until your heart is settled and at peace? That's what David did. Keep reading. Verse 8, Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my what? Weeping, weeping. There's David, you know, wonderful, incredible King David. King David, who looked at that giant Goliath when everybody else was shaking in their boots and hiding under their bed, and he was like, who is this guy that can defy the armies of the living God? But here's David, he's, because of these situations, he's, he's weeping, and yet he recognizes that through that, God still hears his prayer. Verse 9, the Lord hath heard my supplication, the Lord will receive my prayer. He was upset, but he knew that God heard his prayer and would listen and answer it. Verse 10, let all mine enemies be ashamed and sore vexed. Let them return and be shamed suddenly. Skip down to verse 16. Come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. Don't you like that? Listen, everybody, and I'll tell you what God's done for me. That's what David's saying. He's telling everyone that he's writing to, and that includes us. Verse 17, I cried unto him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me, but verily God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Here he's talking about God answering his prayer. And in the context of that, he talks about God's mercy. God's mercy is God withholding judgment from us. It's God not giving us what we really deserve when we deserve to be you know, punished. It's, you know, it's mercy is when you break the window and your dad says, well, boys will be boys. <laughs> That's mercy. And there's times where that's a part of what has to be in our heart when we go to God because some people think that God won't answer their prayers because they're just not worthy. I remember one of the kind of saddest things I heard was my mother having, was sitting in a fellowship I was teaching you know, maybe 20 years ago, 25 years ago. And... <clears throat> I had taught about prayer, and she said, you know, I haven't prayed in years and years. And she said, the reason why is I feel so guilty about some things that I've done in my life that I, I just feel guilty talking to God. What a terrible thing to ever feel that way. But that's what condemnation and guilt will do a person. And that's why David said he didn't, he didn't consider that. He did not regard his iniquity. Look at 1 John chapter 3. 
We have to recognize God's forgiveness. We have to recognize God's mercy. We have to recognize that we can come, that we are righteous before God. Not because of what we did. Because of what we did, we're guilty. But because of what Jesus Christ did in paying the price, what he did in giving his life, we now have been justified, we have been redeemed, and we are righteous, and we can come to God boldly. We can come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's Hebrews, I think, Hebrews something. It's in there. We can do that, and we need to do that. We need to come boldly to God, boldly. In 1 John 3, verse 21, it says, Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. If we're confident, if we're confident, if we recognize that we've been forgiven, if our heart doesn't condemn us, then we can have that confidence, and we go to God knowing that we will receive whatsoever we ask of him. Look at chapter 5 of 1 John, verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. When we pray, we know God hears, and if he hears, we know that he will answer those prayers. When we ask according to the will of God, and the way we know the will of God is by knowing his word. We have to know the word of God so we can know what is available. But once we do know his word, then we can go. You know, I know that it's available for God to protect me so I can pray in those situations. I know it's available for God to meet my needs so I can go in those situations. I know that it's not available for me to get mad at somebody and pray for God to punish them. So I don't pray that way. Matthew chapter 7. But we have to go to him. In case of emergency, pray. In case of a crisis, pray. In case of a need of any size, pray. In Matthew 7 and verse 7, it says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For unto everyone that asketh, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son asked bread, he will give him a stone? Or if he will ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? There's a couple of Eastern idioms in there. Um, Thursday we went over those, and I won't take the time to explain them, but there's a book, Bishop Casey Pillai's book on Orientalism answers that. But the point that he makes here, that Jesus Christ makes, is we, we should ask. We should ask. And we should know that when we ask, God will answer that prayer, and he'll only give us the best. He won't give us some counterfeit. He'll only give us the best because he is our Father. 
And he makes the comparison to, you know, you being fathers, you being parents, and, you know, those of you that are parents, and everybody, if you aren't parents, you had parents. You know, what loving parent, if their kid needs something, is going to say, no, I'm not going to do that, you know. You could come, my kids knew, still know, that if they need something and it's within my power to give it to them, I would do it. And that they're the same way with their kids. Because you love them, because it's your kid. Now, we are imperfect. How much more would that be the attitude of our Heavenly Father, who is perfect, who is all love? But much better, I'm limited in what I can do for my kids. But God's not limited at all. Not only is He willing, but He is always able. Look at John chapter 16. John 16, verse 23. This is on the occasion of Jesus Christ having his last supper with his disciples, and um, he's giving them just, it's his last teaching to them. And kind of, you know, the, the things that he wants them to, well, it's his last teaching before he's taken and beaten and crucified. He'll have another 40 days after that, after the resurrection, to talk to them some more. But here he's giving them these last, very important instructions. And in verse 23 it says, And in that day ye shall ask nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Ask the Father in my name. That's why not only do we always thank God, because we're confident he'll answer, but we always do it in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because that's what Jesus Christ said to do. Pretty simple. And you have this whole power of attorney that we have the right to use that name, the authority behind it. Verse 24, Hitherto, up till now, have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. We can ask in his name, knowing that he is our advocate with the Father, that he is the mediator. That it's, again, Jesus Christ who makes intercession for us. You know, we ask in his name, you know. I was told, I was once taught, you know, you had to go through, you had your choice of a lot of people to go through, you know. And there was a different one for every occasion and every situation. But you won't find that in the Bible. Instead, Jesus Christ just says, ask in my name. Ask in his name. Knowing that, yeah, he's going to bat for you. Look at John, we did that. Look at Matthew 21. Hebrews 4.16 is the verse that I referred to earlier. It's in my notes. Um, Matthew 21, verse 22. And all things, whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, doing what? Believing. Believing ye shall receive. All things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. It's got to be believing. Believing. Believing is just that confidence that God will answer the prayer. We don't go to God begging and pleading. We don't go to God bargaining, you know. God, let's make a deal. We just go to God with confidence, believing that we have received and he'll do that. 
Look at Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11, verse 23, it says, Verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall what? Believe, Believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Here it is again, believing. We go to God in those emergencies with believing, with believing. Boy, it was such a revelation to me when I understood that, when I understood why there were prayers when I, I'd pray when I was a kid that didn't get answered, and I knew that I wasn't believing. You know, there were emergency situations where I prayed for some family member that had, you know, two occasions where I had uncles that suffered heart attacks, and I was just a little kid, and I prayed, and they died. And that broke my heart. Because why? Why didn't God answer that prayer? But I didn't understand. I didn't understand. And believing is not doubting your heart, but believe. And then it goes on to say in verse 24, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. That word receive, is, it's a great word. It's the word lambano in the Greek. And some of you are familiar with that word and, and how it's used in the context of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, filled overflowing. But that word also means, the definition of it is to take hold, to take what is one's own, to take to oneself, to make one's own. It's yours. Take it. That's what it's saying. That's our attitude. It is ours, and we take it. When we go to God in prayer, no matter what the emergency is. God bless. You can't bring me down, the word is on my mind.